Happy Thursday, April 22nd. It's a football heavy show. The live show on Wednesday got a little animated. Our buddy Casey came back, wanted to talk to us about Kentucky, wanted to talk about NFL draft picks, all that fun stuff. We talk about Justin Fields revealing he has epilepsy. The Eagles not ready to name Jalen Hurts the starter. Antonio Brown settled his uh, settled his lawsuit. Hines Ward joins the FAU staff. Joe Milton, Michigan transfer quarterback, transfers over to Tennessee with Josh Heupel, a Kentucky assistant coach, says that he's not saying that they're Alabama or Ohio State, but they're damn close. Is he for real? Yeah, we'll talk about it. NFL schedule being announced. The UFC picks all kinds of fun stuff on this Thursday podcast from the Wednesday live show. We appreciate you being here. If you like the show, tell someone. If you don't, pretend like it didn't happen. All that good stuff. Go to winningcureseverything.com. Go to sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF. Let's do an ad, and then let's get to the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in Winning Cures Everything. It's Wednesday, April 21st. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And we have got a lot of football to talk about today, Chris. You feeling good? Yeah, man. I feel like we're in the middle of the season with all the stuff that's popped up. That happens. Maybe not quite. Maybe not quite, but but there is a lot to break down. We got a lot of NFL stuff going on. We are inching ever so closer to the NFL draft. So why don't we just take the opportunity right now to let everybody know we are doing a live stream for the NFL draft. It's always one of our highest viewed shows. We've done it for multiple years in a row now with our buddies from the Westlot Pirates podcast. They are a Northwestern slash Big Ten podcast. Go and check them out anywhere that you can find them. Sam was on with Chris yesterday. Uh, you've got John on tomorrow. Is that right? Yes, sir. All right, so you're going to have John tomorrow. Uh, you're going to have Scuzz next week? Yeah, Scuzz is going to be at my Tuesday go. show. Very nice. And then we will and have then all. we'll do the draft Thursday. All five of us will be here next Thursday night, 7 p.m. Central Time, right here on this channel, YouTube. Uh, I don't I don't think I'm going to stream it anywhere else. I think I'm just going to do it on okay, YouTube. Okay, all right. I've been telling people I assumed you would, but I don't well, know what the hell. I also leave it with the caveat is I don't know how any of this shit works, and <laughs> it won't be my decision. Well, we will put up the podcast uh, immediately following, so that will not that you know you'll be able to listen to that on Friday morning, or you can come back and watch the uh, the YouTube feed live, or watch it on replay, whatever you want to do. But it'll be on YouTube. It'll be on the podcast. Make sure that you check out the YouTube feed and that you are subscribed to it. We would certainly appreciate that. Uh, let's dive into all the other stuff. Of course, winningcureseverything.com is the website. Anything that you need to know about us, 
every show, every appearance that we make, etc., is posted over there. So go and check it out, winningcureseverything.com. You can also find us at sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF. What am I hearing? I have no idea. Oh, that's a, <laughs> that's a Barstool site. Never mind. Sorry. Let's say it, it, yeah, it shouldn't be from my end. It started playing music randomly. Did you hear it? Mm, no, Just a little bit? No. Okay. Either way, either way, sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF. That's our college football gambling site. Sportsbook Review, we are proud to be affiliated with such a wonderful informational website. So go and check them out. You can also find our show, our college football show, every week over on their YouTube page, SBR Picks. Just search it out on YouTube. Very easy to find. Every Wednesday, we have a college football show go up, and then once we get into the season, we do three or four. I don't even remember how many shows we do per week, but it's a lot. So go and check that out. Make sure you are subscribed there as well. Let's go ahead and jump into the topic of the day. Well, at, at first off, McKinnon said happy hump day. Nice to see McKinnon in here. He's on Facebook. Yes, Casey jumps in. Don't be hating on Kentucky, fam. I ain't hating on Kentucky. It'll be, we're we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. He's on YouTube. And then Michael Fritz, what's up, fellas? Happy hump day. He is on Twitch. So any platform that you are on, if you would like to be a part of the conversation today, you can jump in, and it will populate right there in the bottom left-hand corner of your screen. No matter what platform you're on, you can all chat right here on the show. It will pop up right there. It's going to be there forever. Every show that we have is still up, so go and check it out. And, uh, and yeah, yeah, you can be a part of the show. You can help drive the conversation, and we would certainly appreciate that. Now, topic number one on the day. Let's see. There we go. Write down my times here. Justin Fields. Let me read the, the brief article. Now, this was shared out by Ian Rappaport and Tom Pelissero, and multiple other people. This one is over at Pro Football News or Pro Football Talk. Quarterback Justin Fields has shared some medical information with teams ahead of next week's draft. NFL Media reports that Fields has informed teams that he is managing epilepsy. The neurological condition can cause seizures and is usually treated with medication, although different cases can call for different medical approaches. Per the report, Fields has not been affected by the condition on the football field, and that his symptoms have been less frequent in recent years. Other members of Fields' family have outgrown the condition in their 20s. Doctors believe that could be the case for Fields as well. Those are promising signs for Fields' future health, but teams are still likely to have a few questions to throw his way before deciding about using a high draft pick on the quarterback. Is this the answer to why he was dropping down mock drafts? Oh, well, <clears throat> no, because I don't think the people who were doing the mock drafts, which are media people doing mock drafts, knew about this until now. Because if they did, they would have reported it. Right, but but the mock drafts are done by people that talk to other teams, right? So if they're talking to yeah, the teams... Yeah, but if they talk to other teams, those other teams, if they have sources, the other teams were not telling them this stuff. The other teams were telling them he was last in to work, he was first one to leave. They were telling him about the work yeah, ethic, the they were telling him that he doesn't The only person that said that was Orlovsky, Defense. and I don't know that I buy that. But I'm just saying, but these are the these were the things that came out. So if this was news that these people had access to, they would have reported it. Agreed. So no, they they weren't dropping him because of this. I I think just from my standpoint, I think that he was dropping because teams were saying, eh, there's some question marks there. Not sure if we're gonna use, you know, one of our top five picks on on this guy. I think that, that might they might not have spread that information because that is, uh, you know, kind of a HIPAA violation, right? If you spread medical information, because Justin Fields is the one that came out 
and shared that he has told medical teams about this. Like, I wonder if they felt uh, like they couldn't you share can't, that. You can't say that because all of these teams, like, how is this medical information different than an injury? You can't say, well, oh, they, they legally are not allowed to share medical information. Bullshit, they share medical information all the time. Well, I mean, if that's the case, don't you think that they would have said something about this at Ohio State? Or at Georgia? Like, I, I think, well, I think, this, is hey, I think that, this is Justin's decision. I don't think the team has to. I don't think they, you know, I I, I don't think media people knew that this happened. Knew oh, this oh absolutely. I agree. I don't believe that they knew that this is what it was. I think that they were getting the information from the teams, not the information of the epilepsy, but the information that, eh, he's, he's kind of fallen down our board a little bit, but they weren't really given a reason why. So you think they were manufacturing the reason why? I think some of them were. I think if the only person that said something about his work ethic was Dan Orlovsky, I agree. Then I don't think there was anything to that. I think I, it, 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 all of us were questioning what the hell is going on because everybody saw it was Trevor Lawrence 1 and then Justin Fields 1A, right? Forever from recruiting on. And at Ohio State, his numbers have been fantastic. Now, I. I saw him, Casey jumped in, by the way, on the chat and said he just doesn't read defense as well. He needs to understand the defense better, go through his progressions. He's my third quarterback behind Trevor and Lance. I don't know that I agree on that part, but I do. I saw issues with how he reads the field at Ohio State. And and I remember you guys laughed me off about it last year, uh, heading into the 2020 season. But that's that's just the way that I, I viewed it. But I have read this stuff wrong before. So it's not that big of a deal uh, for me to just be completely off on it, but it didn't make sense to me why he was dropping when he's got all the athletic ability, when I saw what he's been able to do, especially after the Clemson game. Like, I thought that he was going to skyrocket. Like, I thought his hype was going to be off off the charts, and instead it was Zach Wilson's. And and then you just keep hearing, ah, Fields might be available at 15, or he might, and it, and it just went all over the place. I do wonder if this had something to do with that. Um, you know, I, it's what it I, I is. think, I think people, people are going to hear epilepsy and they're going to freak out and they don't realize that it's 2021 <clears throat> epilepsy in a young man that's super healthy is not a big deal. Well, I mean, it's, Alan it's Fanica, managed, it's managed like, unbelievably well by medication yeah. and, and environment diet, um, things of that nature. They know how it works. This is not the nineties. It's not the eighties. Think about where, this. Where think we about this. Control it. Alan the Fanica. fact that he has this thing is is no different than how many quarterbacks have played before, and and you know they have a vision impairment. They play with astigmatism, but we don't give a shit. The guy can throw the football. That they that they might have asthma or something like that. It doesn't matter. We know how to manage that. Nobody dies of asthma anymore. So I, I don't I don't think this is anything at all to drop somebody down. 1998, Alan Fanica was taken number, what, 25, 26, some, somewhere around there, in the first round by the Steelers. He's an LSU guy, like you, and he had the same thing. Yep. So, I mean, it, and that was kind of widely known, uh, but he was still a first-rounder. Like, it, you yeah. know, and, and, I don't, and, 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 and no point in time in his life did it ever affect his ability to play. Uh, Andrew Shirey jumps in. He said he's on a vegan diet, which helps with that, too. Yes, um, yeah, you can manage epilepsy with diet more than you can with uh, with with medication. It's just it's just a matter of do you want to sacrifice living that lifestyle and doing that. But you know, it's 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 not a it's 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 not an issue. It's just something that he has to deal with. 
but it's something he's probably dealt with most of his life and it's it's second nature. Yeah. Yeah, no, like I agree. If you were born without a ring finger, like by then you time figure out how to use everything else. Yeah, by by <laughs> time you're 23 years old, you don't acknowledge the fact that you only have four main fingers on your hand. It's the most useless of all the fingers. It doesn't matter and you can survive without it. And you yeah. have learned to survive without it. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Uh, McKinnon jumped in. PFF ranked him first over the last, like, three years of quarterbacks. They go through progressions, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah. I don't yeah, think I, that that's I, right. I, the, 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 the not being able to read the field is is a complete myth that has been debunked by guys who break this stuff down um, recently. And they normally they wouldn't come out and do that because it's something he's really good at. But for some reason, scouts have reported he's bad at this thing. And so a bunch of people have to come up that are smarter than those guys and say, hold on. He's not, you're completely wrong. Okay. And and that's, I, I looked at it because, you know, he only threw one interception for the entire season back in 2019. And everybody thought that that was fantastic. But when you look at how many passes were dropped that could have been interceptions, like, it's a whole different metric, right? We've talked about that on this show before. And it's, it, obviously, I've watched him go against Northwestern's defense, watched him against Indiana this year. And, you know, I it, it's a different thing for me, but those are those are off games from the rest of what he does, right? So, it, it's not, I haven't done a full uh, scout on Justin Fields. I don't do a full scout on any of these guys. I just know what I've seen, and I've seen some flaws but it's not enough flaws for me to think that he's not like a top five guy, you know, which is why it made absolutely no sense for the longest time why he was dropping all the way out of the top 10 and why people were thinking that the Patriots could get him at 15. Like, that made no sense to me. So that's that's why I was curious if this, and I don't think it'll affect anything. Uh, Michael Fritch, I don't think this will affect his draft status at all. These teams have the best medical personnel you can buy. I, and I agree. I agree. I'm just wondering if this is why he was And this isn't down even early. something where you need great medical personnel. Like yeah. this is it's a, you take medication. Is not, this is not that at all. Uh Casey said, in my opinion, Fields, Wilson, and Jones will be career backups at best. Uh not first round talents. I think all three would have a shot at places like Miami, Detroit, or Philly, but I wouldn't take them in the first round. Well, Casey that's, coming in. I'm, that's fine. coming in with I'm fire. Not, I'm not interested in that. I don't <laughs> care. All right. Let's uh let's move off of that one. Let's stay on quarterbacks. You uh, you interested in this? Yeah. The Eagles came out today and said they are not going to name Jalen Hurts the starting quarterback. Now, there's... Well, well right now, he's the only quarterback in that's, the room. <laughs> that's what so I was that's thinking. So that's a little bit of a tip of the hand that we're probably going to draft a quarterback. So Eagles coach Nick Sirianni and general manager Howie Roseman declined to name Hurts the starting quarterback for the 2021 season during a pre-draft availability Wednesday. Now, here's what they said. To name any starters at this particular time, we've been working with these guys for two days. Uh, Sirianni said, my biggest thing is competition. We've talked a little bit about my core values, and it's my second core value. It's this team's second core value. Competition is a huge thing. We're going to have competition at every position. Uh, Hertz and Joe Flacco are the two quarterbacks in the room. I oh, forgot they signed Flacco. Yeah, they, they signed Flacco. Uh, I, I'm, I'm really interested in this because there is there are some guys that come in with the you got to compete for your job right yeah but if you look at and and we don't have a problem with competition as a matter of fact you and I both prefer it especially on yes. our college teams right 
Well, no, I, I prefer it in the NFL. I've told you this. Oh, agreed. Guys that just get drafted and get handed the keys, it. I, I don't know a time where it's ever really worked out within the first couple of years. I'm not saying that they all have to play backup like Aaron Rodgers did for three years. I'm saying if you draft a guy, you, you need to have somebody else in there that actually has a real legit chance of winning that spot because competition breeds the best out of everybody. Okay. It just does. You always need your backup pushing your starter up. Now, if your guy gets to Aaron Rodgers level, if it gets to Drew Brees level, then you give him the football. You trust him, Tom Brady. Like you just trust him and you move on. But if you're not that level guy, if you're not Hall of Fame bound, then you need to be pushed. If if it wasn't for guys bringing in guys just to push somebody, we would never have Russell Wilson. He would not exist. That team signed Matt Flynn to at that time one of the biggest contracts you know per year uh, money. Uh, to a quarterback in a long time. And they spent a third round guy, draft pick on a guy that they just thought was going to be a backup. But guess what? They didn't hand the keys to Matt Flynn. <clears throat> they said, we're going to come into camp and we're all going to work. And the best guy's going to start. And they started a guy they were paying 200 grand to yep. over a guy they were paying $15 million to when $15 million was the highest paid quarterback or one of the top three or four quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, I think it, I think it's smart. Michael uh, Fritz jumps in. Good for Philly. I hate when teams at Denver just hand the starting job to unproven young quarterbacks. Yes. Healthy competition is good for everybody. Yeah, Hertz, yes. Hertz has not exactly proven that he is the guy. Um, but aside from Flacco, like it, those are the only two guys. Uh, but I do think that it is it, it's smart. I just wonder about the locker room sometimes. Um, it, it, every NFL locker room is different. So At this you have point to, in time you don't worry you don't worry about the locker room in in, in April right but Gary. well especially in in Philadelphia because you are putting in a whole new staff you have to build a culture yeah. because from everything that we saw with Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz and all that bunch up there the locker room was kind of a mess up there yeah. and they they got rid of a, a lot of the problems a lot of the the egos I think in that locker room and. And now maybe we're in a better spot, but obviously we'll see. Uh, Steven Stadler, uh, Stadler jumps in, said, I think the Eagles draft a quarterback. I don't think it will be in the first two rounds. Very likely. Like, I, you could totally see them taking somebody like Kellen Mond or taking a yeah. late flyer on Ian Book or somebody so, along there. Yeah. Like, I, I think both of those would be uh, I mean, really you know, good. This, they could bring in the Stanford kid. They could bring in, you know, there's a, there's a lot of guys between these top five guys and, you know, the, the back end guys. I mean, there's a there's going to be quarterbacks taken in every round, probably. Yep, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. They're I think not we're going to see a lot of top five, and then nobody else is going to take a quarterback. Yep. Tim James jumps in. He said, "G money, what's up, buddy? What's up?" Uh, Casey said, "I like Hurts more than Fields, Wilson, and Jones." I would say, man, no, that, don't give me that. Come, come don't on. give me that. You just got to you got to uh, move on, Gary. Uh, Michael said, "Those quarterbacks you mentioned, Chris, work like someone's going to take their job all the time, which is why they're great." Um, Ben said, why is Sam Ellinger not a first-rounder? Uh, because he can't throw. That's a big part of it. Uh, and I don't think that he's very good at reading defenses. Like, he never was at Texas. Uh, McKinnon, I could see them picking up Kyle Trask if he's there in the third. Trask will not be there in the third. Guarantee, no question. That is, that's my guarantee. He won't be around in the third round. Uh, Michael said, I think this sends a message to the locker room that nobody's job is safe. Everyone has to go out and work. I think so, too. I think this is what Joe Judge did with the Giants, and it worked out pretty yes. well, right? And it worked out really well, by the way. Yeah. I'm, I'm not opposed to this. 
I'm just curious. You know, I'm just curious because it's a, it, it's a little bit different. We don't normally hear about it, and and now we're finally getting to hear it. And uh, I'm a fan. You know, Ed, bring bring it on, Nick. I'm good. I'm good with it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, moving on, we will stay in the NFL. And Antonio Brown finally settled his uh, his civil dispute, settled the lawsuit. Um, he resolved it with former trainer Brittany Taylor, who in a 2019 lawsuit accused the wide receiver of sexually assaulting her. A settlement was reached, but part of the agreement, no terms can be disclosed, a source told ESPN's Jenna Lane. Uh, Antonio and Brittany have been friends for over a decade, Several years ago, they almost became business partners. Recently, they were involved in aggressive litigation. Having reflected on their relationship, both feel that the time has come to move on. Antonio is grateful for Brittany's excellent training assistance. They are pleased that Antonio is doing so well with the Bucks and has a ring. Their dispute is resolved, and they wish each other great continued success, Taylor's attorney, David Haas, said in a statement. Um, maybe a little overboard on the statement? You think Brittany's, like, happy that he's got a, a Super Bowl ring now? There's a there's a world where she is. I mean, she did stay his trainer for a long time after he did this thing, which is really weird to me. Yeah, it's it, the the whole thing was strange. Like, I mean, hang on. This was <laughs> this is not like I inappropriately touched your thigh or like I like I like they were Weren't they watching like a church video on their iPad or YouTube or something? And he was like behind her and he jerked yeah. off on her. Yeah. It was really like, weird. Like that's like, weird. And then like, really I get, weird. I get that's sexual assault and I get suing somebody over that. I totally understand it. I don't get stay in that person's trainer and keeping a relationship with them after that for a long time. And they, it, but it's, but listen, but, I mean, they, they're I saying, judge folks, yeah, they settled it, whatever. They're saying that they were friends and that they just want to move on and I guess remain friends. Like, I, I don't friends? know. I don't know. I, unless, like, I just, none of this makes sense to me at all. By the way, nope. Casey, Casey jumped in and, uh, and said, uh, geez, guys, uh, I'm entitled, or I'm entitled to my opinions. Yeah, uh, but yes, you, you are. You've made that. You said that opinion six times already. Uh, and then he said, if you we drop, you don't like those three dudes. It's that's cool, Casey. He, uh, Joseph said she's happy she got that 500k plus. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably a lot to do it. She, well, she yeah, may. I mean, we'd probably, I'd probably be friends with you if you wrote me a big check. Yeah, no, that's that's true. Uh, Casey wants to know if you drop Drew uh, Drew Lock in this draft class, where does he rank? He said I would have these five guys ahead of him. Yeah. I'd have all five of these guys ahead of him, and, and I'd maybe probably others. have a lot of other guys ahead of him. But here's the thing. It doesn't mean they're all going to be better than him and what he's done. 
I, I, it's hard to drop him in the class because I've seen him. I think I know what his ceiling is. All right. And while I think he's got a much higher floor than most of these guys, because I've seen him, I, I would take the, the unknown of the next guy being great because where he is, I think is not good enough to win anything. And therefore I would rather take a guy that might be a complete and utter bust in two years than, than ride it out with a guy I know is not the dude. Uh, Casey said, uh, I was talking about Hertz. I'm, uh, I'm comparing QBs. Uh, I don't I might take Hertz over, over Locke. Well, we, yeah. we hadn't oh, seen enough of Hertz. I thought he was he was talking about Hertz with the other three guys that he already said he didn't like. Yeah, so. he said I would have these five guys ahead of him, but I guess he he uh, he said I only said it once. The other was a hurt. Okay, I, either either way, we're done. Either way, move on. Let's move uh, on. The the A B stuff. Um, Michael brings up. He said the only thing that's changed is now A B is a douchebag with a ring. What are the odds that's in a pawn shop in Vegas over under ten years? I don't know, uh, man. In ten years, maybe. 15 years, probably. It depends on... I don't know. I mean, that ring could mean a whole lot to him. So, I... I mean, it could. Look, I would think these rings mean a lot, but you also see them in pawn shops or show up on uh, auction blocks all the time. That that is true. That is true. Uh, I don't know. Like, I... The the whole A-B thing... So, I think what this means is is, uh, it's pretty imminent that he is going to re-sign with the Bucks at this point. Um... You know, Jason Light said, we've had discussions throughout the offseason. You can tell we've put an emphasis on bringing back our players from last year that contributed to our success, and he would be no different. So we'll continue to have talks and see where it goes. I I would imagine, like, and, and he noted um, that they signed him last year even when the dispute with Taylor was ongoing. Uh, so the resolution wasn't necessarily the deciding factor of whether or not they were going to continue I think it was a big factor, though. I do think there was some encouragement by the team to say, we'd like to bring you back. We'd also like you to end this petty thing. Yeah, get this thing done. So this is not hanging over us as well as you throughout the season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's weird. Which is fine. I I'm okay with that. I don't have a I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. In 2019, Brown declined to sign a two million dollar plus agreement with uh with Taylor. Um, Brown countersued Taylor in 2019 for defamation and interference with his NFL contracts and endorsements. Um. I mean, it's just like the whole thing was, whole thing was weird. weird. Like just, just it, the whole thing was weird. weird. Yes, uh, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm glad that it's done and that we don't have to. Like, it, it's another Deshaun Watson thing that's just always hanging out there. You can bring it back anytime you want to talk about it. Now, it's done. We don't have to worry yes. about it anymore. Uh, Michael, <laughs> Michael said, "I want Chris to have that ring in 15 years." He said, you deserve it more than A.B. <laughs> I don't know about that. I didn't do anything. Yeah, you stuck with Tom I Brady. Did, I'll tell you this. I, I love Tom more than he does. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. No, that's definitive. It's clear and present. I promise you I love more Tom more than Antonio Brown. <laughs> I bet I love Tom more than Antonio Brown loves anybody other than Antonio Brown. Yeah, you might be right about that. You might be right. That's... <laughs> That's a strong statement. That's a strong statement. I'll stand by it. That's why I made it. Totally fair. All right. Uh, Heinz Ward is a new member of the Florida Atlantic coaching staff. Uh, This seems like a pretty good fit to me. Yes. When when all of these coaches, Eddie George and 
uh, Deion Sanders, et cetera. Now, he's when, just when, a position coach. So those other two guys took right, right, head coaching right. jobs. Uh, I'm with you. I'm with you. But but they took head coaching jobs at lower levels. Um, oh, yeah, you're right. Now, he's at a much – He's he's okay. at an FBS school yeah, under it, Willie it Taggart. FBS school. That's I, I wonder what the different route to getting a big-time head coaching job would be. Is it becoming an assistant coach at, you know, a place like this, a place like FAU, or is it uh, going and being a head coach at a lower level, or – you know, I, I'm I'm just I'm very curious. Uh, it, I, I think both of them would lead to the next step being the exact same, which is the next step is a, a, a an OC job at a bigger school or a DC job at a bigger school. I don't yeah. think you move from either of these to a head coaching job, other than other than those guys move into a small FBS head coaching job. But Heinz Ward being a position coach won't move from there to a head coach. I think he would move from there to a coordinator. Well, and he's first. he's Wouldn't technically you? not even a a full time position, position coach, coach right? Yeah. Uh, he, they don't have any full time assistant jobs available. But um, but they noted Ward is expected to work alongside new FAU wide receivers coach Joey Thomas, a former NFL yeah. and CFL player. Uh, I do think that this is smart. Like if you're wanting to get into coaching, like get in wherever you can. Uh, right. He he was a Jets offensive assistant in September 2019, and you know obviously wasn't there last year. But I, you know, I mean, I don't know. I think this is perfect. Like I, I think Heinz Ward anywhere he would have gone, I would have thought it was great because I think that he's a fantastic, you know, locker room guy. I think he relates well with players. Uh, I mean, I, obviously, I was a big Heinz Ward uh, Heinz Ward fan at, because of the Steelers. But I liked Hines Ward even when he was playing quarterback at Georgia. Like he played everything at Georgia. Like he was he yeah. was awesome under Ray Goff. The, the, the so. game has changed a lot since Hines played. I'm curious as to how much he's like kept he, up. With he's it. obviously not going to come in and coach the way he played. Yeah, because that game's just not that game doesn't exist anymore. I mean, it's a different sport now. Yeah, but that doesn't mean he's not capable of knowing knowing everything there is to know about this game and being able to play it and coach it. Um, I do think it would help recruiting a lot. Oh yes. Now, now depending on what kind of job he has, he might not be allowed legally, technically, to recruit. I don't know his ability to work with players based on the job that he has. You know, the NCAA has a bunch of bullshit rules, um, but that's something that you know I would be interested to, I guess, to find learn out about. Like, yeah. what what exactly can he do? Uh, he worked as an NFL analyst for NBC. He was a contributor for both CNN and Headline News since 2016. And uh, and then, of course, joined the Jets 2019. We'll see what happens. I'm, I'm kind of yeah. excited about this. I think this is a, uh, a good development, and I want to see where it goes. Um, Ryan said, are you guys making your UFC picks today or Friday? Um, you know what? I didn't have it written down, but we can talk about a couple of them. I'm, I'm only going to talk about Usman and Masvidal, uh, so we'll, we'll do that at the end of the show today. Um, I'm, not, I'm not that worried about the other ones. Uh, moving on, former Michigan quarterback Joe Milton. He has transferred to Tennessee. Tennessee is doing an incredibly smart thing here. So they already brought in Hendon Hooker, and that was even before Jeremy Pruitt was uh, was let go. But now you've got uh, Josh Heupel, who is just I, – I think it's smart to just bring in however many bites of the apple you can, right? Like this is kind of like teams acquiring – as many draft picks as you can get so that you have as as many bites at the apple as you can possibly get. You kind of feel the same way, Chris? 
Yeah, I uh, I think it's always smart to bring in competition and to let these guys come in and compete. I liked Joe Milton when he came in. Um, I wanted him to do well. I thought he would do well. He Big just time didn't. accuracy issues. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, got a he monster just, arm. But Yep, he just struggled uh, being accurate with the football, and that's just one of those things where it didn't work out. But that doesn't mean it can't work out. It doesn't mean he can't get better, and I do think – Josh Heupel's offense is going to be more quarterback friendly than what they're running up there in Michigan. Oh, very much so. I, Which I do is think shocking this is, to me. I feel very disappointed that Harbaugh has handed over his offense to somebody else. This is one of the best offensive guys in the NFL that we've seen in a long time, and he was able to do it with a pro-style quarterback, with a spread quarterback, with a super athletic quarterback. Like, like he's done it with guys who are great accuracy, but not strong arms, not accurate big, strong arms, like he's done it with different types of QBs. He comes to college and he gives his offense to somebody else. I I do wonder how much of his NFL stuff was, was Greg Roman, you know, like we've seen what Roman's been able to do with Lamar Jackson. Uh, he, it's what I, he was able to do. A, I think that's a chicken and an egg. I think Greg Roman learned it from Jim. I mean, it's entirely possible. I, I just do, man. I just, just Jim when is that success? Was too good at the, at the pro level and at Stanford where he didn't have Greg Roman. And that's true. So that that's that's my only caveat of that is is I know this guy knows how to call college football games. Why the hell is he not doing it? Yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree with you. I agree with you. I uh I do think that Heupel's offense as you were saying, very quarterback friendly and and could actually really work with Milton. Now, I don't you know, he might need another year to develop, but he's got years. Oh, so yeah, he's got I don't, time. I don't expect him to walk um, in, but I, I do, do think, think next year he's going to be competing for that job. Oh, absolutely. I, I do think that Milton with, with you know, it, it honestly, if you looked at like his seven-on-seven seven tape, when he was being recruited, he was one of the very few guys that, because Cam Newton was a seven, or is a seven-on-seven seven coach. That's he, right. He does, he does a lot of mentoring and whatnot, helping out with uh, developing, you know, young players. And you just look at him, and he is as big as Cam Newton. Like, they're oh, the same, yeah. they no, were the same size in high school. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's built like a damn truck. Yes. Like, he, Josh Heupel's offense is predicated on throwing the ball up and letting your guy go get it. And it's it's a very Josh Allen thing. If you got the players to be able to go get the football, then then you're going to be all right. So that's where a lot of this is going to be uh, settled, is whether or not Tennessee has got wide receivers that can actually go get the football. But, you know, I I am curious. I, I think it's incredibly smart. Just load that quarterback room with competition and and see what you got because there's not a single person on that roster that has established themselves as a starter at this point, or a leader. By yeah, the way, that's a big part, right? So so therein lies the difference of if we're splitting hairs, but one of you guys takes the locker room by storm, then then that helps. That helps a whole lot because I don't I don't see a lot of leadership in that room, and that coaching staff ain't loyal to anybody. Nope, not yet. Not yet. They hadn't had anybody that, and, and everybody thought that Milton was going to go back to or Orlando. Right, go play for Gus yeah. Malzahn because that's where he's from. No, that's it. Well, you that's know. the offense I actually wanted to see him go to because I think, I mean, I saw what Gus did with Cam. I, I think him and Gus Malzahn's offense is better than him and Hypo's offense. I mean, it, we, we did see what Gus did with uh, with Dink Marshall, who ended up playing yeah. quarterback in the CFL. Like, you know, he's, he wasn't even a quarterback before he got to Auburn, and he's not a quarterback after he left Auburn. That's right. But I, I, I just, yeah. I, I do, do think Gus's offense predicates himself to be more successful than, than this, but neither here nor there. Entirely possible. Entirely possible. Uh, let's see. Sticking to college, 
Also, the level of competition at the American. While I like the American, I defend the American. It ain't the SEC. Oh, it's certainly not. But uh, so that that would that was I think that would help. Reason why it's kind of open. He'd go there, but hey, I'm I am excited about this. I am. Yeah, I think I think this will be good for him. I think it's good for Tennessee. You know, competition, baby, competition. All right, Kentucky assistant coach Vince Marrow. This was his quote today, and I know Casey's going to be irritated at me, but uh, but I just have to bring it up. The UK football state of the union, according to Vince, he said, I'm not saying we're Alabama or Ohio State, but we're damn near close. What exactly is close? Yeah, close is a relative term. Close is an interesting word because we are here in Mississippi close to New York if you're trying to get to London. Bobby but, Regan over at Barstool said uh, maybe he's talking proximity. He said a couple hours south of Columbus, same conference as Alabama, checks out. He said maybe he's talking about recruiting because Kentucky now has the ninth overall class in the country for next year. Um, yeah, but one top ten recruiting class does nothing. That's that's kind of the point. Uh, one <laughs> top ten recruiting class. Yeah, this is insane to me. I, I think this is crazy. This is kind of some stuff that – Assistant coaches say, though, right? Well, yes. I, I <clears throat> like, think there's a reason a lot of them don't talk to the media. And when they do, you learn real quickly that guy's probably never going to be a head coach. That's well, and, and Vince Mayer has been around for a long, long time. Um, I don't, I don't think he's trying to get a head coaching job at this point. But, but hang on, but, but, hang on. This could be a he's not trying to because he knows he just this is the job he's going to have. So I'm just going to say whatever the hell I want. Well, here's here's what he said along with that. Uh, he said, in the past, you had to sell a vision. Uh, now you're selling these guys that were right there on the cusp. We're close. All we need is a few big-time guys like we got this weekend to push and go to Atlanta. It's like, uh, he said, it's it's get or it's to get to Atlanta. Uh, they see it, want it, and we will be there. Um, I, you know, I, <laughs> I love it. So I love the, the vision, but there's... Two, all right, so two out of three years, our boys from Northwestern, made it to Indianapolis. Yes. Okay. They made it to their conference uh championship game. They got their ass whipped. They're still not close to Alabama or Ohio State. What are we talking about? And they've actually made it to their conference championship. So if you're saying if I make it to the conference championship, it that means I'm close to them? No. No. But there are teams in the Pac-12 that make it to their conference championship every year that ain't close. Yeah. That win their damn conference championship. They ain't close. It's it's really funny. So, Michael Fridge, by the way, he said Chris loves Tom more than Giselle. That's very prob- possible. Uh, close. 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 Uh, I would do things that she probably would. <laughs> uh, he said, you can say whatever you want if you don't define what you're saying. He said uh, uh, he's writing checks that... Kentucky can't cash. I I found this, this is, very this funny. Is, this is why he's an assistant coach, though, right? Like this well, is yeah. That's it, what I. That's exactly what I was saying. Is this is shit? Assistant coaches say they have no danger of ever really being put in front of a mic on on like any major media outlet. Like nobody's really yeah. To no, talk this to them. this was uh, this was all you know, basically on uh, on a Kentucky radio show. Like this yeah. is this is all this was. Um, right. And it's it's just hyping up the fan base and getting everybody to buy in and, and I, all and that. I and understand I'm, that. Yes. I just think there's other ways to go about it. 
I think there's a, yeah, I think there's a way to hype your team up. A, I don't like the idea of comparing myself to anybody. All right. Because then you're putting either an unrealistic expectation on yourself or uh, you're, you're not setting the bar high enough. Like people are always going to parse what you say when you compare yourself to somebody else. Just if you say, you know, our goal is to, is to make it to the sec title game and give us a shot to win it. Like that's a great goal for them. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If you're Mississippi state or Ole Miss, I think that's a fantastic goal as well. Like, like, I don't think you don't have to say I, we're, we're close to beating Alabama. Like, yeah, you, you don't, don't, you don't have to that, say that. That extra part is not necessary, but that's the difference of crazy shit people say and, and actually having a real conversation and still boosting up your fan base and getting your fan base excited. Yeah, I'm I'm really, you know, do you remember what the score to the Alabama-Kentucky game was last year? No, I'm sure it was a lot to a little. 63-3. to three. Yeah, So, so when you say That's something close. like this in, in the offseason following, it's, it, there's just, there's different things that you could have said that would have sounded much, much Did better. Did Bama beat anybody else in the country by 60? No. Okay. No. So that's the worst beating that Bama put on anybody, right? Yeah. It, but we're close because we had one <laughs> top 10 recruiting class. And remember, we've I have exhausted this point where the difference between top 10 and the top two or three is a damn Grand Canyon, right? Yes. Like Michigan has had top 10 recruiting classes every year. Ohio State has top three recruiting classes every year. The separation of talent, you could drive 100 Mack trucks through. Yes. It's it's really remarkable. So so top 10 <laughs> sounds great. You have one top 10 class. One. Ben, ben jumped in. <laughs> he said Vandy's closer. Missouri is closer. Arkansas is closer. <laughs> I don't know that I would necessarily say that, but you know, if you if you just want to look now, at Arkansas, score, I do believe Arkansas is closer. I do believe that. I do. I hundred percent believe yeah. Arkansas is closer. But because because what I'm doing is Alabama and Ohio State, Kentucky, Arkansas. Like, yeah. yes, if I think Arkansas is a little better than Kentucky and more headed in the right direction than Kentucky is, then that means they're closer, right? That's it. Hold on, I, I want to read Casey's. Kentucky obviously gave up after the first quarter. If they would have had an average quarterback, it would have went down to the wire. Do, do you think uh, an average quarterback makes a 60-point difference? I don't believe so. Like, I felt like shit for shushing you earlier. You made me feel bad, and I'm sorry, and I apologize. I shouldn't have done that. But now you say crazy shit like this, and it's just like, you know what? No, I probably should have. He, uh, he said multiple failed red zone trips because of quarterback in the first quarter. Now, I will say this. Terry Wilson, of course, has transferred over to New Mexico. And and we'll see what the quarterback room looks like this year. They brought in Will Levis from Penn State. I'm I'm curious about that because Levis was pretty good at, at one, Penn State. He was one okay. player is not going to make up 60 points. But I, I don't believe so. Uh, Michael, <laughs> Michael Frisch said if Kentucky had Patrick Mahomes, they would have beat Bama. Uh, he said, "We can play what ifs all day, Casey." Yeah. Yes, I have watched the first quarter. I, we we talked about this during the season. I remember us discussing it. Um, but it, no, the the talent separation between those two teams was it's a chasm. not close. Like it's not just, close. Yeah, yeah, I agree. If you put Patrick Mahomes on that team, it, it's a twenty point game. Yeah, but Patrick ain't making everybody else better. 
He's going to make them a little better. He didn't have a single winning season at Texas Your receivers aren't close to fast enough. They're just not. They're just not. They can't get open. It's... we, we talked about this last year with the Auburn-Kentucky bet that we were doing, right? We talked, like, we previewed that game and the blue-chip ratio differential. Yep. Auburn had 46 four- and five-star players on their roster. Kentucky had 15. Yes. Like, it's just, that matters. It's just not close. That matters. That uh, absolutely matters. <laughs> Michael said, what if Kentucky had Tom, Chris? No, Tom's not magic. He's just not. He's the most cerebral player I've ever seen in my life. He's the most assassin-like person I've ever met. He will literally sacrifice his entire life to try to win a Super Bowl. He doesn't care about anything else. I've never met anybody like him. He can't make chicken salad out of chicken shit. He just can't do it. Kentucky is a good team, but in the trenches, it ain't close. Bama destroys them, which means Tom gets destroyed on the offensive side of the ball. On defense, their their defensive line can't hold up to Bama's offensive line, which means Bama can run all day long. They can hold the football if they want and and just matriculate it down the field seven yards at a time and eat all the clock they want because they can score whenever they want. There's nobody on that team that can cover Devontae Smith. He's going to be wide open 100% of the time. So worst-case scenario, you just close your eyes and you throw in his direction. There's nobody in Kentucky that can stop that. Yeah, there's look, we saw this with Ole Miss last year. Ole Miss could not stop them. And and they put up 48 on Alabama and still lost by two touchdowns. Yes. It's the same thing. Like last year that's, was a yes, ridiculous That's it. Yeah. That's it. Even if you have the best quarterback in the world that that scores on every possession, you you got to hope that the defense doesn't screw up and 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 give up points on your times too. It, it, special teams doesn't screw up. They were just better. They beat them by 60 points. I, we cannot have an intelligent conversation if you can't acknowledge the fact that no one player in the world can turn a 60-point swing around. Yeah, it's it's just like, it's We impossible. can't have an intelligent conversation at all going forward if you're not going to acknowledge one player doesn't equal 60 points. It doesn't matter who it is. Now, Casey brings up, he said, uh, they would have beaten Georgia and they would have been in it to the end with Bama. Um, I will admit the Georgia thing because Georgia was playing with Stetson Bennett at quarterback. They Georgia beat them fourteen to three. Well, yeah, but that's not sixty points, right? That's not sixty there's, points. There's a there's a, a hundred quarterbacks in college football that can make up a ten point difference. Yeah, a fourteen point difference. There's a hundred quarterbacks that can do that. There are zero players, quarterback, coach, anybody that makes a team want, move one out, swap one in, that makes up sixty points. I, uh, I'm going to go back and watch this Alabama-Kentucky game. Uh, he said, Kentucky shut down Bama in the first quarter. After the quarterback continued to blow red zone trips, they gave up. Actually rewatch it and be intelligent. Uh, I will, as a matter of fact. You know what? Maybe you and I need I, to have a Zoom session, Casey. I won't. And, and we See, can talk about this. You get the this. caveat of saying, well, they quit. So I get to say anything I want because the team would have been different if they didn't quit. Well, you know what? Don't cheer for a team that's a bunch of quitters. That's a very valid point. I can't, I, can't, point. I can't argue anything. I can only argue what we actually saw happen. But you get this fairy tale. You get this trump card of saying, well, but they quit. So they would have played. Everybody would have played differently. I, I think we can, can kind of say that in a lot of games. Right? Like, I, 
Yeah, maybe, maybe I'm. I don't know. We'll figure this out. Maybe I'm I need to schedule. Nobody in the world makes up sixty points. <laughs> That's. I, I think you're 100 right. I think you're 100 right. Um, we got two more topics that we're going to hit, and then we're going to get out of here. Why? Hang on. He brings up why keep playing. Why? Keep, oh, I don't know. Because of pride. Because it's what you do. Like, yeah. like you're you're also if you think these guys are as good as if you're their top ten team, that means they've got NFL talent, right? NFL talent doesn't go into college football games and quit. Well, right? I, I, because I, I now you say put this. that film out there for the rest of the world to see, and the only time you ever went up against another team with NFL talent, you quit. No, 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 no. No, you don't get that excuse if you think your team is a top ten team, except they got a shit quarterback. Because top ten teams have NFL talent, and NFL talent players don't quit. That's one hundred percent true. Uh, but you also wonder why they didn't quit against Georgia when they only put up three points and they missed numerous opportunities. Yeah. Uh, the reason that they didn't know. is because they weren't down so much. Yep. Like it, Georgia only beat them fourteen to three. They were only up seven to three through like the middle of the third quarter. Um, you know, I think they would have quit in other games. But yes, you would have a history you know. of quitting if it was a they quit thing. Yeah. They got beat. Yeah, they they they, they got, got systematically taken apart. So and they may have quit late, but they, I mean, you you quit Not when after you the first quarter. Yeah, you you quit when you're down by like four or five touchdowns. Like that's yep. that's when you quit. But either way, either way, we'll uh, Casey, you and I can continue this conversation on Twitter if you would like to. Uh, by the way, you guys can follow us. I'm at Gary WCE. I'm at Chris B G N E. And let's uh, let's close out with these two topics here. NFL schedule is being announced on May the twelfth. Do you find it fascinating that this has turned into basically a national holiday the past, what, three years or so? Well, I mean, it's not really a national holiday. It's just a day that people get to see when the actual games are going to take place. Um, It matters because this is, in the NFL, your team is only going to play 16, now 17 games. They're only going to have eight or nine home games. And so, like, there's there's large portions of the league that have nice nationwide fan bases now. Okay. The world has become a commuter world. People have moved off to other places to 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 live and to make a living. But where they grew up, fans of their team is across the country or in different parts of the place. Being able to start making those plans is a big deal. I I look at the Patriots League uh, sch- schedule and the Browns schedule every year. I look at Chicago's schedule every year because one is a city I love and a team I like, and the other two are teams that I love. And I try to start figuring out, all right, when can I go where? And you know my opinion about going to games. I think on Sundays, it's almost impossible to get me to a game because you have to sacrifice watching all of the rest of the games. But you give me the Thursday night game, you give me the Monday night game, or you get me a Sunday night game where it's the only game being played, and I'm in. I'm all in. So then you can so kind of figure I, out. I think it's a big deal because I think there's a lot of people like me that don't live around where their team is. Now, if you're a local fan, then this is no big deal. You, you're just finding out the actual dates of the games and you got to figure out what weekend you want to go up to the game or not. But but I, I think a, a large majority of people are buying tickets these days are traveling. Yeah, I do agree with that. I, I look every year at the Falcon schedule, at the Titan schedule, and then at the Saints schedule because those are all within driving distance. Uh, that's a, a fun weekend trip that's, you know, at most, if for, like New Orleans from us is, what, six hours? Yes. Um, I used to do the same thing with the uh, with the Rams when they were in St. Louis. Like, I would just look and see, okay, 
you know, now, uh, New Orleans is one I'm going to look at too. I've got a, one of my best friends, a really good old friend of mine is actually a season. He lives in Mobile, Alabama, but he's a season ticket holder uh, for the saints. Yeah. Um, Cause that's about an hour, it, it hour and a half me down all the time. So I'll, I'll, I'll always be watching for a game there as well. Absolutely. So yeah, I do think it's, it's a lot of fun to see exactly when the games are, uh, but it, it has taken on a whole different I care about this more than they break this up into two different forms. First, like, I don't know when it comes out. Like, the the teams they play schedule comes out to where you know yeah. these are your 17 games and these are the home games, these are away games. You just don't know when they are. And then, like, five months later, they do this. I've never understood why the two releases, but this is the only release that matters to me. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I because don't... if the Patriots are playing the Titans, yes, that's cool to see five months ago. But if but if it's on Christmas Day, I ain't going. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's a, like, yeah, very much. It, it doesn't matter. Just tell me when it's actually going to be played, and then I'll see who they're playing, when they're playing, all at one time. And if but I if think you can fit your schedule around it, yeah, yeah, you got to be able to fit the schedule. So makes sense. Makes sense. Um, I like. It. I'm excited about it. Let's uh let's close out. We'll uh, we'll give out some UFC picks. Uh, Chris, I don't believe that you were prepared for this, no. um, but I I do know. This is the Masvidal fight, right? Uh, yeah, Masvidal and Kamara Usman. Now, there's a bunch of other good fights going on and whatnot, but this is the... But that, I mean, that's a super fight. I yes. mean, this is a super fight, right? This is big time, and, and Usman just beat him by decision back in, what, November, maybe? Yes. Um, but didn't Masvidal show up with, like, a six week days, or so's notice yeah. to fight that fight? Six days notice. Six days notice, yeah. and he had to go to Dubai for it. Yep. Like, yep. in six days, he knew, I'm hopping on a plane, I'm flying to the other end of the earth, and I'm going to fight a fight, right? And and now Usman is traveling to uh, Masvidal's home state. They're, right. they're fighting it in Jacksonville on Friday. I, uh, did you know Governor DeSantis is going to be part of the UFC press conference on Friday? Uh, that doesn't surprise Friday? me. Like, I, I think it's a pretty big deal. So I, That guy's that guy was making a bid for, for 2024. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So he's putting himself in front of every crowd that'll have him. You got that right. You got that right. So, uh, the odds are Usman minus 410, Masvidal plus 310, and I think we're both going dog here, right? Oh, yeah. That's, I, look, we got I, a striker. I like Masvidal. I love that I'm catching 3-1 to one odds. That's, I, we, we've got a striker lose, that could win but it. but I'm going to take the 3-1. to one. Yeah. I, it, we've got a striker that could win it on any punch. On any punch, I... I thought it was a good fight the last time they fought. I thought it was a close fight the last time was, they fought. It was a lot I, of uh, it was a lot of like dragging him into the uh, into the side into the cage yep. and, and, you're and stomping talking about off feet. a guy that had no time to prepare. Yeah, no Usman. Usman knew he didn't have time uh, to prepare. Uh, Michael said, "Great show, got to run." Uh, he said, "Give these guys five stars. We appreciate that for sure. Thank give you. us five stars on Apple Podcast." Um, yeah, the last fight, like he knew that Masvidal did not have time to prep for it. But he he took advantage of that by doing the the heel stomps on the feet. That's right. You remember uh, that? No, you know that pissed me off. Oh, I yeah. watched it and I bitched the whole time. And then he just laid on him. Just there are laid certain on moves in, in fighting that bother me. It's, it it makes it really. Uh, <laughs> Ryan McCracken said six days or six weeks. Usman is going to win fifty to forty five. I I don't know that I buy that. I do think that Usman is the better fighter. No, I, hang on. However, if Usman wins, it won't shock me. I don't think he should be a three-to-one dog, though. No, I, I don't believe... No, like, I mean, this, if, is, this is a math bet. It's not a, I like this fighter over that fighter bet. No, I, I do still, like, the odds, obviously, are that Usman is going to win. He is the that's better right, that's fighter. That's why he's three-to-one favorite. 
But it, well, he's he's a four to one favorite. Well, he's a, yeah, he's minus yeah. four to one. Yeah. So minus four ten, you have to bet forty one dollars to win back ten bucks. Yeah. Like that's just not the value is not there on that side right now. Uh, so yes, I'm absolutely going to roll with Masvidal because it, it just makes more sense. It's a money. It's a money bet. Yeah. It, but and and that's I like betting dogs and fights that can strike. If you're a striker and you're catching three to one odds, I'm gonna try. To, I'm, I might set some money on fire, but all I need is one lucky punch, and yeah. I got the and the fight's over. And it, it doesn't even have to be a lucky punch. It can be like Masvidal's a good fighter. That's all. That's all I need. Yeah, that's all I need. And there's and there's I'm a getting, lot of hatred. Masvidal's still a great fighter. Oh yeah, there's a this lot a of hatred fight. between this these two. This is a big fight. Oh, it's it's mad. I mean, it's I don't want out. it to end quickly. Like, I sold don't. Out quickly. I don't want to. I, no, I don't want a decision either because I think a decision is bad for us. I, I think, uh, very much so. <laughs> I think it's just. I understand what I'm doing here. This thing goes I, over three it's rounds. Just about math. Like, I think if I bake this bet three times, I'm going to win one of them. And so, therefore, I'm going to come out on the positive end. If it gets into the third round, I think it's I think it's done. Like I, I think if oh, it goes yeah, past no, the second round, I think if, if we're in the third round, Masvidal's going to lose. Yes, I agree. But it, it is unless be a he lot knocks of fun. him out in the third round. I mean, I've seen desperation knockouts before. He uh, he knocked out uh, uh, Nate Diaz in the third round, didn't he? Yeah, that and that's when it happens a lot. Is because you know if he's getting in the third round, he's down on points. And he knows he has to knock him out to win. See, every knockout fighter, every striking fighter, they come in round one wanting to knock him out. And then they get down on points, but they don't realize it. And they always fight the second round like they're up on points, which is always weird to me. Yeah. And, and then they get into the third round and their corner man says, look, you got to knock him out or you're going to lose the fight. And so then they come out desperate and they either get themselves knocked out or they knock him out. We we saw Derek Lewis do it against uh, Volkanovski. Um, yes. Uh, for uh, wait, Volkanovski or wait, one of the one of the big tall dudes. Uh, yeah, the, the long yeah. lanky guy. Um, we we saw that at the very end of the fight. He knocked him out with like two seconds left. That's right. Like he was That's losing right. because the fight. he knew if I don't knock this bastard out, I'm yep. going to lose. Yep, you got that right. So I would imagine that's. I mean, that's entirely possible. So there's a bunch of news stories about a uh, about him and Nate Diaz, like. Uh, Jorge Masvidal explains why he doesn't respect Nate Diaz anymore. Uh, Masvidal promises he will break Nate Diaz's face, ribs, and spirit again. Wow. Uh, guaranteed we're running it back. So even so after he this, needs to win this fight, though, to make that fight matter. No. It would you still be so? a massive You think if he fight. loses this, it's okay? That, like, that fight's still a I think it's still card. a gargantuan fight. Okay, Because they hate each other? Or because I, you think it really is a good fight? So let's say they think, didn't hate each other. Is it still that big of a fight? Maybe not. Maybe it's not. still a big but fight. It's, it's the name. You still have Masvidal and Diaz, and those are two mega fighters. But it ain't as big as the fact that they hate each other. They, right? Like they liked each other at first, but well, apparently, apparently something has happened. No, so. no, somebody, <laughs> something happened with some money or a girl. Because that's that's all I know how these things work. Typically, typically, unless unless Nate Diaz said something stupid, which no, he's you been known you to don't, do. You don't start hating somebody you used to like because somebody said words. I don't know. That tends that to happen a lot happen. in UFC. It's this is this is over a money or a girl. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. I don't know. Either way, we will figure it all out on Saturday night. So it, I'm excited hey, for this one. Are though. we uh, are we watching this together? I can't. I don't think I have anything going on. We may need to. We may need to figure this out. We'll, we'll, I'm going to we'll say it back. I we'll have no plans. <laughs> understanding the fact that I might piss some people off in my house, but eh, they've been mad before. It works for me. 
It works for me. So we'll we'll figure it out. Hey, uh, you know our buddy Ryan has a he has a theater room now. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I got a big ass TV. Uh, you do have a really big TV now. Um, yeah, you ain't got a theater room though. We ain't no, watched but, that, over there but, yet. but projectors aren't nearly as nice. Look, he's got like a hundred and inch uh, like projector, but it's projecting on a screen. Yeah, that, that's look. I'll take I'll take an eighty seven inch, you know, LED TV over over a hundred inch projector. Yeah, yeah, you may have but a point there. It's just the quality is different. No, no, you are certainly right about that. So okay, but we can figure it out one way or another. Listen, a few inches ain't never hurt me before. All right. <laughs> You just got to know how to use those inches. I understand. All right. I think that's a good way to close out today's show. Has there been uh, anything else that has broken? No, I don't I don't think so. That's I'm pulling up ESPN just to see. And, yeah, I pulled up Yahoo real uh, quick, but I didn't see. see anything. NFL owners, uh, okay, replay change. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Nah, uh, nope. Other than that, no, nah, we're all good. I all still right. love you, Casey. Sorry I was an asshole. <laughs> it's all good. He's, uh, he's actually tweeting me as we speak. So okay. I'm seeing the notifications pop up. So, all right, well, let's get out of here. You guys have been fantastic. Thank you to everyone that joined in the chat today. We certainly appreciate that. And thank you to everybody that is listening on the podcast or on YouTube or whatever. Make sure you are subscribed everywhere you need to be subscribed. Reminder, next Thursday, April 29th, NFL Draft live stream first round starts at 7 p.m. Central Time. Us and the Westlot Pirates boys. It's going to be a good time. going to be a good time. Set your calendars. Set your, uh, set your timers. All that good stuff. It's going to be fun. So make sure that you join in on that. You will be able to jump into the chat there as well. Uh, go to winningcureseverything.com. Go to sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF. And make sure that you subscribe to Sportsbook Review's YouTube page. Our college football show is coming up shortly. So go ahead and check that thing out. You, uh, you guys have been fantastic. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And we will see you again uh, tomorrow. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.